0: 1470, 100.3 WMBD It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff to talk about on a Monday. Um, here's the way I want to start this. Here's the way I want to position this conversation. I have been accused uh, during the two plus-ish years, I think I'm a few months past two years, uh, that I've been on this radio station of being a far-right nut job, of being a liberal moron, and of being painfully in the middle. Uh, Those are all things that have been sent to me uh, via my text, and there's a lot of others within that range. But I love that, that people say that I'm this or that or all over the place. Actually, on Friday, someone threatened to stop listening to the show because they didn't like an opinion that a guest of mine shared on something. And, uh, okay, I'm not trying to encourage people to stop listening to the show or discourage people from listening to the show, but I I love that the threat of of a person – uh, much like anywhere else it is, uh, seems to be, is, to me, it's supposed to be a way for me to change. Like, how dare you, sir, or I won't change. But the reason I start off this way is not to challenge you. It's not to pick a fight uh, with the audience. And if you want to text me and get mad or whatever you want to do, uh, 309-340-4464 is the phone number. That's a cell phone number. You are literally texting me, 309-340-4464. Get after it. Uh, if your uh, criticism has actual value, I'll talk about it on the radio. If you just want to call me a bleepity bleep or bleep, I will probably just smile and laugh at it as I look at it right here. Uh, Nobody did that uh, just now. But anyway, the reason I open uh, the show and have that conversation is that the intolerance to hear things is pretty prevalent for a lot of – not everybody. I wouldn't even say the vast majority of people um, uh, fall into this category because I don't think they pay attention. Uh, probably wiser of them to everything going on every minute of every day. Uh, They probably enjoy not being a part of some of those conversations. But you can set anybody off. Uh, You can find a topic, a conversation, something, and then somebody can turn into a very angry person uh, very quickly. And I think what's at the heart of that is believing that your opinion has to be somebody else's opinion. And I do call me slanted and biased. That's fine. I'll accept it uh, in this world. I do think it's more of a left-leaning thing than a right-leaning thing because uh, when I talk to someone that's on the left and I challenge an opinion, and I do have a lot of friends as a millennial that are on the left, uh, the most typical response I get back is frustration, is anger. If I challenge an opinion on the right, uh, with someone on the right, I should say, that is on the right right. The most common reaction I get back is probably dismissive and uh, sort of amusement uh, on some of those things. Even just talking about what is woke, uh, if you're talking to somebody that's on one side, they pretend there's no definition for it. Who can define it? No one can define it. I can't figure it out. If you're talking to someone on the other side, uh, they say, I know exactly what it is. It's trying too hard to appease everybody, uh, trying too hard to make no one upset at any moment Uh, for any second, for any reason, even a well-intentioned reason, not allowed to happen. If it happens, how dare you? You're out of society. Uh, That's what woke is. I've defined it for you. I've fixed everything. Uh, But anyway, I want to, again, uh, preface all of this by saying that this Jake Tapper interview was fascinating to me because the conversation came up about uh, Donald Trump and the CNN town hall, and Jake Tapper seems to have a unique opinion that the town hall was fine, that it was good, actually, and there's reasons why it was good. And toward the middle of this conversation, which is just a short piece within a one-hour uh, overarching all-about-his-book uh, kind of uh, interview uh, with Kara Swisher, you can even tell that the, the host of the show starts to get upset at just how in the middle uh, Jake Tapper is sounding, at least on this one specific topic. And then even when the crowd comes up, and how the crowd was built a certain way—that uh, becomes even more an issue. And I think this is what I see uh, all the time. I see it a lot of places. I see it in news media for sure. I see it in, in mainstream and legacy media, where you're just you're just angry and you don't want to admit your anger, and so you hide your anger in some way, at some point, and then eventually it, you show it. It comes out, uh, maybe not in the things you say, maybe you don't blow up, but in the way you behave and the things you think are right and the things you think are not. And here I should stop prefacing it and just get to it, because one of my most favorite moments in this is when Jake Tapper says, are you upset because of how uh, something was handled or that people exist that support Trump? And if you're living in a New York City uh, like a Kara Swisher does or or like I did in Chicago for as many years as I did, I think you start to assume that people just don't exist or very few people exist that have an opinion that's opposite yours on something. And you start to behave that way. Like, how dare you, sir? The one person who has the one opinion that I don't have out with you, sir, uh, that's that's a very common reaction uh, by those who I think are are fairly um, cocooned in the world that is very cocoony uh, is what I should say. It's very it's very uh, willing to put you in your bubble, uh, that bubble being one that social media curates for you and everything else curates for you uh, that helps you to ignore. Anything you disagree with. And even now it's going on with threads. It's very ranting. Starts the show. I've been ranting a lot recently. Uh, threads to me is hilarious because so many people are happy uh, that none of the vitriol of Twitter exists on threads, that none of the, the dark, scary parts. And there have been a lot of really offensive um, things said, uh, really uncomfortable Internet things said on threads. I don't even have to tell you um, that I can I can provide a bunch of you because it's a pride to provide a bunch to you because the Internet, I know what's happening. Uh, none of those things are conservative, though. They're all just regular creeps doing regular creep stuff, and that stuff's all okay and fine on the Internet. It just, if it's conservative, that's where we have the problem, people. Uh, but here, let's play some of the Jake Tapper audio, uh, some of the conversation about the uh, Trump town hall, because if anything was a good representation of how mad people can get At the basic idea of having a conversation with someone you disagree with, it was CNN choosing to do a Trump town hall. Here we go. Oh, come on. Actually play this audio. Let's come on. Okay, I got it. Right button.
1: What are people offended by? Because I think a lot of the reaction that there was, people like, oh, it was a Trump rally. Well, that wasn't a Trump rally. That was a group of, as we do for all of our town halls. Uh Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Republican and Republican-leaning independents from that state, in this case, New Hampshire. Just as we do for Joe Biden, it would be Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents for Iowa or South Carolina or wherever. So what were people – People, oh, it was a Trump rally. No, that wasn't a Trump rally. That is a sampling of Republicans and Republican-leaning independents in a ballot-run state.
0: Now, how dare you say that, sir? What? It couldn't possibly have been a uh, non-Trump rally crowd. These had to be uh, the most extreme of the extreme. You had to pluck these people from out of nowhere and find them, the the only – you know, the the very, very small minority of humans – that exist in any specific state, any specific uh, battleground area that support Trump. There's no way you could have tried harder uh, to make it at least more independence. That was the sentiment. That was the idea. Uh, Jake Tapper is shooting that down. Here it continues.
1: Truly, with all due respect, what are you offended by? The airing of it or the existence of it? I'm not talking to you, but the people out there who are offended by it. What, is it? The, is it the airing of it or the existence of those people? Hmm. Not the existence of those people, but I wouldn't have stacked it with anybody. And I do think, uh, you know, even Tim Alberta's piece, which I'll bring up in a second, the Atlantic piece <laughs> repeatedly makes the point that Chris Licht, who was How your former you. boss, quoted quoted as extra Trumpy. I don't think they should be stacked at all with
0: people. As I don't supporters. think they
1: were, Yeah, I don't think they I don't. I don't. I saw that <laughs> quote in the Alberta piece. <laughs> Chris but Sanuna
0: I, that, said they were. I mean, lots of people said it was. They <laughs> were Trumpy. They were so Trumpy. And you could tell because they were applauding and cheering and uh, reacting to Trump in a positive way. And if you let some uh, people that disagreed with Trump into that building, they would act differently. Now, I actually agree with her that it would have been fine to have people on all sides of the aisle uh, sitting in and listening to this. But here's what Jake Tapper says in response to that. CNN does this all the time, and they've been doing it for a very long time. They curate the audience to be people that are identified as fully on the side. Of the candidate, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, forever it is they're doing a town hall with, and then independents who lean in the direction of the candidate. I'm leaning Republican, I'm leaning Democrat. So it's not different. And this is what, I love this part so much.
1: The audience was picked in the same way the audience was picked for all of our other town halls mm-hmm. going back years and years. And I will say, having done the Nikki Haley town hall, which uh, was a few weeks later, uh, again, it was... Iowa Republicans and Republican-leaning independents and Nikki Haley, who's from South Carolina, um, got a polite applause. And then throughout the night, people liked her. They listened to her, and she got a lot of applause at the end. Mm-hmm. Now, she's not there saying or doing the same things, <laughs> but uh-huh. people could have said, oh, we stacked it with Nikki Haley supporters. We didn't. Mm-hmm. But it's a Republican and Republican-leaning crowd, and she is who she is. Donald Trump is incredibly popular with the Republican Whoa. Party.
0: Mm mm-hmm. um, This came back up. They kept going on and on about this, by the way, which I think is, is sort of uh, hilarious. And those you can hear that elevated voice in the host is where she's getting annoyed uh, that Jake is saying we didn't do anything different than any other time. We book anybody uh, for a town hall. Why are you saying that CNN made that mistake? She even later called it a nail in the coffin of at least Chris Lick, the former uh, boss at CNN. But here, this last part, I find it fascinating.
1: But regardless of what Chris Sununu or Chris Lick said, my understanding is it was picked the same right. way as any other yeah. one. And I'm not sure look, that's the uh, best
0: way to to stack an audience in I general, agree. but that's just well, me. Well, uh,
1: but then you're saying we should have done something different for Donald Trump that we didn't do well, for the other well, Republicans. Well, yes,
0: you shouldn't say that. You can't say that just for Trump we're going to get an enemy uh, version of an audience and we're going to get people who are mad. My favorite report on it, I think it was an Axios report, that said there were a lot of anti-Trumpers in the audience. They just weren't given time to, to get up to the microphone and speak. Uh, that town hall ended early. Uh, they had much, much more time available to them. I think they had like 40-something extra minutes of an hour and a half block of available time. Half of that, half an hour is usually the the postgame show in the world of politics. Uh, but they ended even before the hour mark, if I remember correctly, or whatever mark they ended before. It was more than 30 minutes left in the time left on the clock. So they, they could have heard from anyone. They just weren't there. And CNN builds their town halls this way all the time. And that's how this relates to how I opened uh, the segment or the show today, is that if you agree with something someone says, you don't see them as biased. It doesn't matter what they say. If you agree with it, oh, that's the truth. I I just heard the truth. It can be on the left. It can be on the right. It can be down the middle. It can be anywhere you want in the world. If I say something and you're on board, I spoke the truth. That's all I did. Everybody's fine. uh, Everybody's happy. If I say something you disagree with, uh, at least in today's society now, and especially for the people who accuse me of being far off to a side of the aisle. In my opinion, I am definitely not far off to a side of the aisle and willing to say and admit things uh, that maybe you won't hear, uh, some other places. Um, but, and I'm not trying to brag. I'm just, that's who I think I am. Uh, but anyway, as I say that, what I think is so fascinating is that if you disagree with someone, far left, far right, insane, crazy person, how dare you? And even in uh, what Jake Tapper is saying there, one of the best, um, insights provided by him and I think I was focused on that uh, pretty hard uh, after the CNN town hall is that people do, in fact, like Trump. And the whole reason I played that is for anyone that doesn't understand how dare anybody ever vote for this man. How, da- how dare they? These horrible, terrible people out there in the world who are who are uh, willing to support someone who does horrible, terrible things. Uh, I hate to remind people, but Biden has been accused of a lot of the things uh, that Trump has been accused of, even the the sexual misconduct stuff. Uh, Our current president was accused by someone of that exact same thing. You can look that up. That's not me making it up. That's not me trying to prop up a conversation. Uh, That's just the truth. Uh, So whether you believe Biden didn't do it and Trump did or the opposite, uh, that's that's, I guess, your decision. Uh, You can go the road you want to go, but it might be very similar to some of the other stuff I'm talking about, about how easy it is to hear certain things as, oh, I agree with that. And hear other things is how dare this person say this? I'm done with this show forever. We're done with this for whatever it is. You know, I think we've gotten way too comfortable. Um, at least the people who are vocal about this stuff, which again uh, might be the, the vast minority of individuals uh, that I hear from or that I talk to, because if you're happy, maybe you also don't reach out to the show. Uh, when you're angry, you do. Uh, but I honestly think that, that that simple expectation that people say things that you agree with, or else you walk away from them, you ignore them. You alienate them in any way you can. In office places, people treat people like crap uh, when they find stuff out about them, if they think that they disagree with the vast majority of other people in the office. Uh, there's so many ways that you see this stuff play out, and it's just fascinating because it's not making us better. Uh, this is me preaching now fully. It's making us worse uh, because the disagreement part, that's going to exist regardless. If you put your fingers in your ears, if you ignore everything, if you try to shut everybody up, you didn't change any minds, and so you would be better served. To Listen, it doesn't mean you have to agree at the end of that. That's the wrong expectation. But the listening part is a part that a whole lot more people and even Jack, uh, Jake, excuse me, uh, Tapper is willing to admit uh, that part was important enough for a CNN under a different boss. They wouldn't do it now uh, to actually do a town hall with Trump and allow Trump to say whatever Trump wanted to say and expect their audience to be smart enough uh, to figure out the things that they agree with and the things that they disagree with, uh, just like any uh, television or radio or anything out there in the world should be with anyone, any candidate. Uh, interview anybody and listen to the lies, listen to the truths, decide what you like, decide what you don't like. Uh, that's just respecting your audience. Very, very few people have respect for their audience uh, in today's society. Definitely television, by and large, does not respect you at all, uh, whoever you are. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's The Greg Collins Show. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I do have non-political uh, stuff prep for today, and I will get to it in just a second. But I thought this was interesting as one other thing out there. Uh, there was a deeper dive into the Supreme Court decisions uh, this term, the 2022-2023 uh Supreme Court season if that's what you want to call it and how many of them went the way of conservatives how many of them went the way of of liberal uh, opinion ideology and uh, which justices uh were leading candidates in the world of uh decisions that they were uh in favor of uh, that actually went the way uh that they wanted them to go and i thought it was fascinating uh the uh court itself j- uh, voted 6-3 uh, which would be along party lines with these 6 uh, conservative justices voting one way and the uh, three uh, liberals the other way far less often than it did uh, last year uh, during its uh, 2021-2022 uh, season, if that's when you ca- want to call it, uh, in the past uh, six terms and less than the 14 cases with a split uh, over the last couple years. So I think they only voted that way uh, six times, which is uh, tremendously uh, lower than 14 um, in total cases. Uh, you had a leaderboard that was interesting. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh, number one, 96 percent of the things he thought uh, wound up being the way that Supreme Court justice went. Uh, justice Roberts, 95, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, 91, all those conservative justices. But number four on the list is uh, Justice Jackson, who was the one that said uh, that the Supreme Court is now becoming a politically ideological uh, party in and of itself, and it's taking away American people's a right to have decisions made by politicians and not by the Supreme Court. So how could Jackson wind up as number four in this list of things that she was in favor of uh, that actually wound up being things that the Supreme Court voted for if Democrats wound up losing as much as media would convince you they did? And again, if only six times uh, you saw, oh, excuse me, five times you saw the vote go 6-3, Along ideological lines, uh, which is far fewer uh, than we see uh, most Supreme Court sessions. How again is this something that is tremendously one-sided? Yes, did big cases uh, go the way of conservatives? They certainly did. Uh, But did a whole lot of other cases that the um, everyday person doesn't pay attention to or maybe news media doesn't pay attention to wind up going in other directions? Uh, They absolutely did. Or again, you can't have liberal justices in the uh, upper end of justices who voted in the majority uh, more times than not. Uh, Jackson beat out uh, Neil Gorsuch, Sotomayor, Alito, um, uh, Justice Alito, uh, very far down that list at just 80%. So that, to me, fascinating and interesting. All right, we're going to take a break. Will's got the news. After the break, we will talk to a guest about a very important event uh, coming through the area and a a, a need for volunteers uh, that I hope a lot of people I wind up deciding, yeah, you know what, this sounds like something that I should be a part of, something I'll get involved in. I'll give you all the details next. Will's got you covered. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, my next guest is a volunteer coordinator for The Wall That Heals, which will be coming to Woodford County. She's the volunteer coordinator in Woodford County. Uh, the wall is headed to Eureka. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, Sue nap how are you doing, Sue?
2: I'm doing fine. Thank you.
0: Uh, Thrilled to have you on. Obviously, uh, first and foremost, for anyone that's unaware, uh, do you mind explaining what the Wall That Heals is? It's a a mobile education center is one way it's described on the website.
2: Yes, it is. It is a a three-quarter replica of the wall that is on display or on permanent display at Washington, D.C. It travels around the United States to educate people, about the importance of that time in our, in our life, if you will. There were many soldiers who went and fought for our country who came home and were not giving the honorable reception that they should have received. Sure. And so this gives us an opportunity to educate people about that time. How did it happen that we got involved and then to what degree? And we're trying to to just memorialize those people who actually fought for us. They didn't want to go.
0: Yeah. Um, I read that the number of um, casualties for United States military is around 60,000 um, or so, a little under 60,000. So the wall itself has the names of the individuals who fought um, during Vietnam. And as you said, uh, uniquely awful, I think, when you look back on it now, uh, the way in which those soldiers um, um were received here uh, in the United States by people who uh, were, you know, against the war. It's ju- it's just awful and horrible to think about uh, compared to what I, I hope is, um, you know, something we'll, we as a society never do again, uh, the soldiers themselves who go fight and lose um, uh, friends um, uh, in a conflict. So um, why are you involved in this? Can I ask you that before we get into the details of how other people can get involved? Do you have a connection to Vietnam or to military in general?
2: I do. My brother fought in Vietnam. Um, my dad was a World War II vet. My nephew, two of my nephews served in an Iraqi area. Um, both of them were Navy SEALs. And so I have a, um, I, I have a deep tie to that Vietnam period. Um, as you mentioned, the numbers, there are 58,281 names that are engraved on this wall. And there are many men who Came back. They were not killed in battle, but they came back and, as most of us know, um, Agent Orange continues to be part of their life. There are many of them who are suffering cancers from that. And so there is opportunities for families to um, put those names of people who came back who actually died from something that they were exposed to in Vietnam and there's a memorial that they can actually put their name in on that and that is available on the V V M F site which stands for Vietnam Veteran Memorial Fund. Wow. And they're the Sponsor this wall.
0: Yeah, uh, vvmf.org, uh, vvmf.org for all kinds of information about this and other things that that organization is up to. Uh, so tell us what's going on. Uh, tomorrow, I believe the wall arrives. I know that some of the dates as far as when it's going to be on display to the public it might actually still be a couple days. Uh, before that but there's going to be a whole whole process which i love by the way the fact that when we honor military however we do it and we have the honor flights here in town that are great uh but this um is obviously also important and educationally very valuable to a lot of say younger people uh, but there there's actually a process in which it's going to enter the community of Eureka uh, what's that going to be
2: The wall is actually going to arrive in Fairbury Illinois at the Speedway, where from there we will have around, we're not sure of the number, but we're expecting around 100 to 200 motorcycles who will gather. Awesome. Many veterans, not all of them, but many of them will be. Those who aren't veterans are paying their respect to veterans on the bikes and then to the names that they're being carried by that semi. They will escort the semi along with the Eureka Police Department and the Woodford County Sheriff's Department all the way from Fairbury down Route 24. Until they near Eureka, then they're going to veer off a little ways. They're going to hit Route 117 at the Casey's in Eureka, and they're going to travel north all the way to Maple Lawn Retirement Center, which is the site of our event this week. Um, There will be a short ceremony for those bicycle riders, um, thanking them for what they've done. And then the semi will be set in place. And on Wednesday morning at 8, 830, we will begin building the wall. The wall is 375 foot long. It is seven and a half foot tall at the apex. And um, it's going to be quite a gorgeous uh, memorial to the people whose names are on that. Um, So it will be open to the public at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, the 12th, and it will remain open all the way through Sunday at 2 p.m. Gotcha. Um, Requires a lot of volunteers. Sure. Because I have to have people there in various positions the entire time. So I am still looking for volunteers. And if anyone, since we're kind of like here at the crunch time, The website that you can go on to sign up to volunteer is thewallthatheals-eureka.com. And that will give, there's a link there that you can sign up then to volunteer.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Uh, So, yes, uh, all the different jobs that people would be doing, are there going to be people that are helping you uh, assemble uh, the display, or is it people that are going to be there to actually uh, handle anyone that's coming uh, to see um, the actual display itself? What are some of the roles that you're looking for people to do?
2: I do have um, actually one of my retired Navy SEAL, my nephew, is going. he's in charge of building the wall. Awesome. um, And that, as I said, starts on Wednesday morning will take about six hours, Um, the public is welcome to come and watch that event. And also I want to mention, if you have a loved one on the wall, that you would like to come and be a part of putting up that panel. There are 140 panels that make up the wall. Um, And so if you'd like to come and just either be there when that panel is put up or help them carry it, You are more than welcome. I would recommend you be at the site no later than 10 a.m. on Wednesday um, if you wanted to partake in that. Um, And then starting, as I said, at 2 o'clock, the various roles are, you know, I have golf cart drivers. I have gate monitors that make sure the right people are getting into the area. We do have a bus that's going to be helping in that. But we've got parking areas. I've got people that are going to help you. Locate a name on the wall. If you come and you know the name of the person but you're not sure which panel they're on, we've got people assisting in that way. Um, And then, again, we've got the museum that travels with it. Once that 55-foot semi is unloaded with Mm -hmm. the wall, the contents that make up the wall, they then flip those up and it becomes a museum. And that's where the staff of um, the VVMF will Help my volunteers, then educate the people that come there.
0: um Are there just afternoon shifts? Or are you going to have? Is are there morning uh, shifts where people are going to need to be volunteering, or is it just from a, a finite time each day?
2: No, it's a, they are four-hour shifts. Um, they start, if you will, at midnight. They go to 4 a.m., 4 a.m. to 8 a.m., 8 to 12, 12 wow. to 4 and
0: all the way through. I'm going to do it, Sue. Wait, uh, I have time. I have availability in that window you're just creating. I'm going to do it. I'm going to volunteer. Uh, I would love to have people show up and volunteer um, and and say hi to me. If that makes you want to volunteer anymore, I doubt many people. But it'd be awesome uh, to do it. I love how. Uh, by the way, I want to go back for a second. You casually mentioned that your son is a um, Navy SEAL. That guy must Buddy. be awesome. You're uh, say it again. Who? My nephew. Nephew. Okay, your nephew's a, a Navy SEAL. That—that uh, That is, I want to say uh, bad words for how uh, bad bleep he must be, because uh, that is not an easy thing to attain. Uh, so very impressed. And can't wait to meet him. Can't wait to meet you. Uh, one more time, yep. how can people get involved and uh, volunteer throughout the totality of the display, which is from Wednesday until, what, um, Saturday of this week? Sunday, the 16th Sunday. at 2 p.m. Cool.
2: And as I said, we are open 24/7, rain or shine. Um, we do have tornado shelter in in the event of inclement weather. Sure. Um, and so, to get involved, go to thewallthatheals-eureka.com. Yeah. Cool. The wall that heals. at eureka-eureka.com, and you will find the website. I'm going to do something else that I probably shouldn't do, but I will. Rock on. If you have any trouble, call this number three zero nine. Can I do
0: that? Yeah, go ahead. Sure, go ahead.
2: 9769. 309- okay. And that that will reach me, and I will do everything I can to get you signed up. If you have any trouble, or if you don't have access to the web and, and you really want to come and and be a part of it, we. This is going to be an awesome um, memorial to the people that uh, who are represented on that wall. It's a It's a somber time, it's a quiet time. It's a quiet zone. It's not going to be um, there's no food, there's no mm-hmm. entertainment. Mm-hmm. It really is a quiet time. Now I do want to mention on Wednesday, even though we open at 2 pm. on Wednesday, Thursday morning at 10 a.m is our opening ceremony, which is going to be extremely memorable we've got some keynote speakers plus we're going to actually have a flyover at noon wow um, which is going to be a part of that so awesome we've got several um, american legions that are involved and it's going to just be a very very memorable patriotic time we also have tap being played every night yes so if you want to show your patriotism this is the place to be between Wednesday
0: at 2 p.m. and Sunday at 2 p.m. Yes, and to, to really, um, if you're someone that doesn't know the totality of the sacrifice exactly. in any in any conflict or specifically in Vietnam, to, to learn a little bit about it. Actually, some of my buddies from the VFW in Peoria Heights will be uh, some of the people playing uh, taps for you on, I think, their Native American yeah. flutes, including Randy. Yeah. Uh, so excited yeah. to, to meet you, excited to be out there. I shared um, the website on my Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show, so you can find more information about the wall that heals there. And also, you gave out the phone number. I'm going to do it again, because uh, in radio, you yeah. do it more than once. Uh, you can actually yeah. reach um, Sue directly, 309-657-9769. Uh, if you want to volunteer, if you want to get involved, 309-657-9769. Uh, thank you, Sue, for chatting with us for a bit. And uh, I really yeah. hope that a bunch of people show up and support you guys yeah. and support the importance of this wall.
2: Alrighty, thanks cool.
0: so much. Alright, a quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Um, it's funny, I hear stories sometimes and you don't have all the information. Uh, we actually have different services that provide um, uh, some of the stuff you hear on the radio uh, to us. It's one of the reasons you might hear some similar things on my show, on Greg and Dan, and actually on Markley Van Camp and Robbins. Uh, we all have these services. And so I was sent some audio uh, that I can play on the show. And the description in the way it's sent to me uh, the first way is just that a chat GPT wedding occurred. Uh, that the AI, artificial intelligence, officiated a wedding, and there's part of the audio that sounds kind of creepy, uh, mostly because it's like faux emotions. Uh, if you're good at officiating a wedding, and we have um, um, a priest that does all of our weddings in my family, because he's a family member, he's a part of the family, and so uh, the emotion's real, because he knows people. But if you have somebody officiate that doesn't know, and they say a lot of, it's like a fine line. And the computer doesn't know the fine line, even more so than humans uh, might struggle with it at times. But here's the thing. I found out more information about the people who actually got married this way, and it's an Army soldier who is about to deploy, and now I don't care. Now I'm like, that's great. This is fantastic. None of the fear things feel as, as significant to me. Because if this is the only way to get this done and he wanted to get married uh, before he he went somewhere, uh, somewhere important to serve our country, then uh, get married any way you want. Uh, Talking animal would be fine with me. This is a Catholic uh, that's saying that. But I now understand the reason you chose a computer in the first place if you couldn't coordinate another officiant. Uh, But here, this is part of what the audio sounds like. And again, I would like to reprogram the computer now to not fake the emotions. But I'm no longer judgmental uh, like I was when I first saw this story. Because when you find out who the who is in the story and the why, I change at least my opinion. I hope a lot of others. But again, this is the audio that in and of itself, judged without the rest of the context, I might worry some people.
3: Thank you all for joining us today to celebrate the extraordinary love and unity of Reese Allison Lynch and Dayton Truitt. We are honored and grateful to have each and every one of you here. We witness the joining of two souls in love. And on this remarkable day, we also embrace an extraordinary moment of innovation, as we have the privilege of being part of the first AI <laughs> officiated. Uh... We eagerly look upon this ceremony not only as a celebration of your love, uh, but also as a symbol of unity between humanity and artificial intelligence.
0: That's the other rule of an officiant. Don't make it about you, Uh the events about other people. It's not about you, computer, so you don't want to start talking about you and the robots and the uprising and all that other stuff. Uh, just keep it on the humans. Uh, but again, at the beginning of it sounds a little bit like... Uh, full emotion since it's a robot. I'm sure the, the people actually felt the things the robot was saying. And then at the end, uh saying how it's a, it's a celebration of unity uh, in the world of artificial intelligence. <laughs> man, if I was getting married, I'd be like, come on, man. Like that's that's not that's it's a little bit self-centered, a little bit overly focused on stuff. This isn't. But again, no longer anywhere near as critical as I used to be, because uh, when you find out it's someone in our military who wants to get married to somebody he loves before he leaves uh, to be deployed somewhere, it, uh, that's fine. That's completely fine. I would be – any anything you want to do uh, makes sense to me there. Uh, other stuff going on I thought was interesting. Uh, health experts revealed the reason you become sick uh, the second you go on vacation. Has this ever happened to anybody? Anybody listening to the show? Have you ever, like, taken a big trip, a long trip, uh, say, gone to another country? You land, and then you immediately get sick. Uh, it no longer happens to me when I go to Mexico, at least not immediately right away. Uh, I do uh, get ill pretty much every trip, at least once, from some amount of food I shouldn't have eaten. Uh, But that's not what this is. Uh, That's not this version of things. Uh, What they're saying, the doctors, as to the reason that you might get stressed right at first or or sick right at first is because of the stress of traveling. Uh, There's certain things that are released in the body. Uh, According to doctors, your immune system is exposed uh, to, I guess, different stuff as I think that's where I'm talking about the food, uh, because I, I'm the only one that gets sick. That's the thing that drives me nuts. When I go to Mexico and I sit there at the dinner table uh, with all the family and they eat the thing that I look at and I'm like, that's going to do it. That's the thing that's going to make me spend two days uh, ill if I consume this and everybody else is eating it like it's no big deal. That thing comes over uh, my brain that says, just eat it. Just you got to do it. At least eat some of it. And then you get sick for two days and it's just not fair because I'm, I'm getting sick alone. So no one has my shared misery. Uh, But those are some of the reasons. Adrenaline increases muscle muscle tension, uh, which can cause headaches and all kinds of things. Uh, So the reason you feel ill, at least shortly after you get somewhere, is the heightened stress, the changes, all that other stuff. All right. One other thing I want to play. It is baseball, but it's not Yankees. So you're welcome for me not doing Yankees. Uh, Plus, the Cubs took two out of three from the Yankees uh, a weekend after. The Cardinals took two out of three from the Yankees. And everything hurts in the world of my Yankee fandom. So I don't know if I'll even talk about the Yankees more this season, unless they go on a tear on a run. I think they should be sellers. I think you should just sell all our old hurt players. I uh, get anything you can for them. I let Aaron Judge, um, spend the entire season, uh, being as nursed and babied as possible and come, the Yankees never sell. We never sell and we should sell. Eventually we should. Um, that means sell off part of the team. Uh, but this is, uh, Ellie De La Cruz and he is ridiculously good. At baseball, He is the young Cincinnati Red a rookie. He stole all the bases in one at bat. He went from first to home. Um, and that's the kind of thing you see in like Little League uh, when kids throw a ball all the way into the outfield. And all of a sudden, a, a single is a double is a triple is a home run. Uh, he, he played like he was just infinitely better than everybody else in the field. And I guess he kind of is. I have the call of the steal of third and then the steal of home because they happen on back to back pitches. Like, the thing is, you're Ellie De La Cruz, you're standing there, and you're like, oh, I can steal all these bases. I'm just going to steal all these bases. Here's what that sounds like.
1: He takes off again. Pitch down and oh, in. throw. There's no chance. Uh,
4: Two steals.
2: De La Cruz had already looked a couple of times
4: at Brian Anderson,
2: knowing that if he got a jump, he
0: Now I will say, and this is not to be a Yankee homer. I believe Gleyber Torres stole home uh, once this season. So a Yankee stole home a little while ago, but he didn't steal all the fourteen seventy one hundred point three. WMBD. It's the Craig Collins' show. I'm in a pretty good mood. Uh, today's a um, an interesting day, uh, but I'm in a pretty good mood right now in this moment as I continue to get trolled by a bunch of Cubs fans. Uh, more of and regular listeners to the show. I shouldn't say just Cubs fans um, because uh, Jim is very happy with how well I just covered uh, the Cubs beating up on the Yankees. Uh, as I said, Keith uh, was sending me messages too, and there are several others now uh, chiming in. Um, and it's yeah, a lot of fun, to and you guys are right. Uh, my Yankees are terrible, uh, even though they are over 500 and your Cubs are not. All right, the only shot I'll take because I don't deserve to take shots. Since you lose two out of three, uh, and you, uh, just play terrible baseball. The Yankees are just playing bad baseball. Uh, anyway, let's not get distracted by that. Uh, Biden State Department spokesperson Matthew Miller, uh, made a, a whoopsie daisy two times in a row, uh, before eventually correcting said whoopsie daisy. Uh, I found this very amusing because maybe there's some sort of truth to it. I, I hope there's not. I'm not trying to, to, I'm, I want to continue to make this clear for anyone and everyone that thinks when I say anything about the Ukraine, a Russia war, uh, that I want to see anything other than Ukraine defeat Russia and prevent Russia from taking any additional parts of Ukraine. I have no interest in any of that for anyone that wants to uh, misquote me on how I talk about this. Uh, but here's the uh, spokesperson and the whoopsie-daisy.
3: A-, a few things. So I will say, uh, with respect to your first
0: question, we believe the war has been a strategic failure for Ukraine. Uh, the secretary spoke to this in a speech he gave in Helsinki uh, last month, I believe it was. Uh, what's that? Yeah, I'm sorry, stra- excuse me. A strategic failure for, for Ukraine. Uh, thank you for the correction. Um, uh, which is, oh, I, I, I need more than one cor- correction today. A strategic. This is the first time at the podium for for a week. I'm a ru- I'm apparently a little rusty. Yeah, we can't tell at all. No, everything seems fine. Um, I, I will tell you right now, and I'm I'm preventing myself from talking about this more because I feel like it matters, and I feel like people should be talking about it, especially since it's basically a campaign message. At this point for our politicians, Vladimir Zelensky said as much uh, in an interview he did over the weekend where he said that Trump uh, had every opportunity to end the war that wasn't being fought when Trump was in office. Uh, Those were Zelensky's words uh, that he had every chance to prevent the conflict uh, because um, Zelensky claims uh, that it was going that direction uh, before uh, Trump was voted out and Biden was put in, uh, and that's when actually the fighting uh, then occurred. Um, but even more so than that, he said the American people will have to decide. And Zelensky essentially uh, said, uh, the president of Ukraine, uh, that he wants a Democrat in office from Ukraine, which means that we've turned a conflict in another country into a political talking point here in the United States. It's, it's insane. Uh, there's an aspect of that that just feels wrong out of the people fighting the conflict itself. Uh, in a different country than ours, um, and even more so the way in which they're talking about uh, the Ukrainian um, military and their leaders and the president of Ukraine. And I played this audio last week uh, about wanting to take back uh, things like Crimea that was ans- an- annexed in 2014. Um, we're now funding a different conflict uh, as um, Ukraine pushes back on Russia than one we had funded at the beginning of the conflict. I know it's ongoing. I know it's ever changing. I know that's uh, to an extent I know I shouldn't say I actually know, but to an extent I know that's how war works. You react to uh, what's going on in the moment, but there should be a stronger um, um, sharing of what the United States to- believes to be success uh, with Ukraine than it seems they're willing to do. And even the conversation about NATO uh, is uniquely an interesting one. Uh, because Biden is advocating for Ukraine to join NATO, uh, that will not stop Russian aggression necessarily, in my opinion. It would make it a tremendous amount messier and scarier, I guess is another way to say it, uh, because once it's in, once Ukraine is a NATO country, if they're still at war, uh, with Russia, Russia would have to decide to respect that or not. And if they technically continued a conflict after Ukraine joined NATO, which I think Russia would be likely to do, uh, then the NATO countries would have to decide if they can uh, respond the same way they would uh, with a, a NATO country that would not uh, be at war while joining uh, NATO. So it's an interesting conversation in a lot of ways. But again, I don't want to see Russia succeed. And people seem to want to say that about me at times. Uh, let's play this. This is Gavin Newsom. He's on Jen Psaki's show. Uh, He made a reference to Tucker Carlson, which makes me feel like this is old audio, uh, that they're finally getting to playing. Uh, Or uh, Gavin is one of the only people unaware uh, that Tucker is not still at Fox. But I found a couple things fascinating about this conversation, too. Uh, First and foremost, that Gavin Newsom loves himself some Fox News. All right, that's not how he's going to say it. But he watches it every single night. Loyal, loyal viewer of Fox.
3: One thing I heard from everybody, including the caucus today, is they're so upset about being on the defensive. Mm-hmm. They're so upset about the messaging on the other side, the anger industry, the entertainment wing, particularly of the Republican Party. The surround sound on Fox with these, you know, I don't even like saying his name, Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. or that other. I don't even know the guy from I And mean, it's just like they're all the same and one American.
0: All right, here, I don't even believe you don't know who the other guys are if you watch every single night. So that's, that's an oddly performative thing. You can't watch all the time and be like, I don't even know. It's Tucker Carlson and some other guy with a face. Some do. I don't even like saying his name, Tucker Carlson mm-hmm. or
3: that other. I don't even know the guy from the. I mean, it's just like they're all the same. <laughs> and one American news and Newsmax and, and what they're doing to divide this country to, you know, where illusion rules, not facts.
2: Do yeah. you occasionally turn on Fox no. time and see what happens no. just to see?
3: Not occasionally. Um, every night.
1: Every night. And wow. do you think Democrats should still be appearing on Fox or should they not be appearing?
3: On Fox? Uh, it contributes to the mental health crisis in the state. So. On the basis of one's own personal <laughs> conditions, I would not recommend it. My staff is quite literally tried to have interventions with me about it. They say I'm too obsessed with it, but I need to understand it.
0: You want to know what the other side thinks?
3: I don't want to know what they think. I want to see the patterns. And what you see are patterns that emerge.
0: I want to make this crystal clear, and I'm not trying to be hot take guy or a tinfoil hat guy or any of that stuff on the radio. That is a politician, a... Um, Democrat, left-leaning politician out of a left-leaning state of California, essentially saying he wants state media. He doesn't want challenging Fox News because he thinks it's all um, uh, crap and lies and all this stuff, and some of it may very well not be accurate. I certainly am not trying to say that Fox News is the pinnacle of exactly correct information, uh, but no television station is, in today's world, uh, they're biased. They have biased opinions, and certainly even the talking heads uh, the late-night guys on any of those uh, TV stations, uh, they are asked to provide opinion, and that opinion is sometimes uh, said to be wrong. Uh, but the problem, the tricky thing about opinion is if you believe it and if you think you can back it up with some facts, well, then darn it, that's what opinion is in the first place. I don't mean outright lies. I mean willingness to demonstrate why you think what you think uh, regardless of why you think it. That's the freedom to think stuff. I think. But that's that's Gavin Newsom also mentioning that he is obsessed with Fox. He watches it all the time. And then my favorite part is at the end. I, I can't get over this last part. On his
3: own personal <laughs> conditions, I would not recommend it. My staff is quite literally tried to have interventions with me about it. They say I'm too obsessed with it. But I need to understand it. You
1: want to know what the other side thinks.
3: I don't want to know what they think. I want to see the patterns <laughs> and what you.
0: That's my favorite part. I don't
3: want to know what they think. What the other side thinks. I don't want to know what they think. I... I don't
0: want to know what they think. I don't even want to know um, any of their thoughts, really. I just want to figure out what the pattern is, because everybody's all the same. I- I've heard that before too, actually. That if you watch, say, Fox, if you watch um, any of those other um, right-leaning organizations, that show after show has identical point after identical point, and you can punch holes in those points if you're someone that has every desire to do so. Uh, Guess what? CNN, MSNBC, all those other places, exactly the same. You you can do the exact same thing. You don't even have to try very hard uh, to do the exact same thing. So I love the idea uh, that some of this is on the up and up and some of it is not because it is crap and it, it does matter. And more importantly, and call this the theme of the show today, uh, once again, you hear a left-leaning Democratic politician basically call you an idiot. And what I mean by that is anyone who watches something can't uh, determine what's fact and what's fiction, uh, what's opinion and what's not. And actually CNN, MSNBC, uh, those guys lie and say that they're just purporting the news. They're just telling you the facts. In the uh, Jake Tapper interview I played earlier, uh, there was a moment where Tapper said they were the most down-the-middle 24-hour news organization that exists out there, and that is hilarious. Uh, that is uh, patently inaccurate because uh, they're, especially now, uh, more so uh, than when they had a guy in charge that was trying to push them to be at least down the middle. Uh, they uh, wipe back to their old habits, their old discussions. Uh, you can rip apart uh, things that they say on both um, uh, sides of the TV aisle if you feel uh, a desire to do so, and I at times feel a desire to do so, uh, but also some of it is just uh, opinion. Uh, there are, like right now, here, I'll give you an example, and then I'll take a break. Uh, right now, one of the bigger conversations going on in the world of maybe conservative media, if that's what you want to call it, uh, but I think uh, some middle, not a whole lot, but some uh, closer to middle uh, media as well, too, is whether or not the Hunter Biden investigation was on the up and up. And you have the newest report today, which is not a shocking report at all, uh, that the um, attorney – who uh, works for the United States, uh, that was appointed by Trump, uh, which is always said, um, is telling people publicly, writing letters and whatnot, uh, saying that he had every opportunity to investigate the case however he wanted to. And you have whistleblowers saying, that's not what you told us. So one of two things is true. The person that's saying that they had full um, ability – to investigate the case entirely, and they came up with three charges in five years, uh, one of which they're allowing to get completely expunged from Hunter Biden's record. It's insane. Even Chris Christie said that over the weekend, Uh, the guy that's being propped up by a lot of media because he's willing to attack Trump, and he's got an R in front of his name, at least kind of. But he said, as a prosecutor himself, that if you spend five years investigating something and come up with three charges, one of which a gun charge that you're willing to let completely just vanish uh, with a a court process, you didn't do a good job of investigating, or you took way too long to relook at things that you didn't need to be looking at anymore for whatever reason you did that. Uh, but the truth is that it was a, a terribly um, uh, executed or a terribly um, um, uh, designed and run uh, version of looking into, and then the the actual charges themselves and the deal that exists and no uh, penalty of any kind. It's it's terrible there, too. It's a sweetheart deal easily uh, for Hunter Biden. But my favorite thing about it is right now, depending on the media side of the aisle you're on, one of those voices gets propped up more than the other. The whistleblower who says he's telling the truth or the attorney who actually ran the case who said he's telling the truth. But guess what? Somebody's lying and none of us know Who's lying? None of us were there. None of us were involved. None of us can be sure. So that's where opinion comes in. Opinion is not making stuff up. It's not lying to you. It's giving you an additional piece of information based totally on my own uh, unique uh, perception of, of any sort of thing or anyone else's perception that no longer has just fact as the possible way to back up the opinion. I think that the attorney is lying, and I think that the whistleblower is telling the truth. Uh, the reason why I think that is. Is that It's harder to be a whistleblower, in my opinion, and it's easier to be uh, influenced uh, by someone in power above you, uh, no matter who appointed you to your position, uh, once they get into power as well. And also, I believe that because, well, the charges themselves are ridiculous, and spending five years uh, to come up with what they came up with with Hunter is also ridiculous. And that is not an opinion that's uniform to me. A whole lot of people, I think that last part is very true. All right, quick break, a lot more, but I just want to give you an example. Of how opinion plays a part in these conversations we have every day, and I love the fact that some people reference that opinion is is essentially all lies because it's, it's not what it is. If you did that every day, then uh, you probably deserve to be fired from whatever it is you're doing. All right, quick break. A lot more. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's Craig Collins Show. 1470. <laughs> I'm yelling it so many times. 100.3. At uh, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. By the way, I'm trying to laugh less. I know people complain about my laughter. Can't help it. Uh, I'm going to figure it out eventually. We're going to do it uh, a little bit less at least. Um, I thought this was interesting. And I wonder if you've ever worked at a place where you got free food. If you worked at any kind of, like, uh, restaurant or something, uh, was part of the gig that you got some sort of free meal. I- I've had that at several places I worked. One of my favorites was at uh, Jersey Mike's. I almost said Jimmy John's. That's not where I worked. It's what's around the corner from us here at the 12th floor of the uh, Civic Center Plaza. But I worked at the right place, uh, Jersey Mike's, delicious, delicious subs. And you got a free uh, sub every shift. And so my sub was loaded. I put all the things on it. I did as much as I could do. You might think I was taking advantage of the system, uh, but I that yeah, was the one I wanted. It's what I liked the most. And I, I enjoy this guy. Uh, a person went viral on social media. His first name is Dylan. I don't know much more about him. Uh, but he said that he works at a Waffle House, uh, which we don't have any around us. Uh, there's some in St. Louis uh, that I need to go to. And he uh, is actually charged by the company $2.30 each check for food. And he gets that food for all his meals for the two-week period or whatever until he gets paid. So he said because of that two thirty, he goes crazy. He has three or four meals a shift. Uh, one time he put up that he was enjoying his sixth free meal not exactly free, but free-ish of a seven-hour shift he was doing because they take the 2.30 out of his check anyway. I would never do that. I would never go that far. And I would actually assume a company might eventually can ya uh, for doing those things. But like one ridiculous, uh, day, and that felt okay to me. That, that felt like it wasn't that big of a deal. I'd put bacon on it. I'd put, uh, turkey and, uh, roast beef. Uh, I like the club sandwich version of a move. Don't like the ham. Who's doing that? And then I would just go nuts with toppings and stuff. And it was, I was very full i uh, the end of said meal, and I get the the giant uh, sub, but the Jersey Mike's still do that, and uh, the wife still kind of looks at me and judges me. No, she doesn't. I'm kidding. She actually helps me. She eats one of the four, because uh, you got to get it cut in fours. I'm talking a lot about Jersey Mike's now. I should move on, uh, but she eats one of the four slices for me, so I don't feel like I've had the whatever calories are in the giant sub uh, with the mayonnaise. But anyway, okay, fine, actually moving on. I love this story. Uh, this is out of Canada. Uh, A farmer was forced to pay. I don't love it because I agree with it. I love it because I think it's ridiculous. Let me make that point. Uh, A farmer was forced to pay on a contract that he responded to with an emoji. In 2021, uh, a a farmer by the name of Chris uh, was sending um, messages back and forth uh, with a buyer, a grain order buyer. uh, That guy's name is Kent. And Kent fired off a contract, and Chris put thumbs up emoji uh, after the contract. And so a judge decided that thumbs-up emoji meant agreement, that you agreed to the contract. Chris said he was just saying that he received the message. He was not saying he agreed to the contract. He never signed anything. Uh, None of that was ever something he intended to agree to. Uh, But anyway, he essentially got stuck and forced uh, to pay whatever the uh, rate was, the agreement was within a contract that he says he didn't want. I totally agree with the farmer that um, very, very often if someone sends you something via text anything, that the thumbs up emoji can be fired back like, oh, got that. And that doesn't, if you do it right away too, you can't even possibly read the contract. So I just thought it was fascinating that somewhere in the world, I guess in Canada, uh, in a courtroom, they argued whether or not thumbs up emoji means agreement or it means I, I saw the thing you sent me. I'll read it later. And the farmer lost and the uh, person who sent the contract won. And now you have to be more selective. Don't just throw the thumbs up to anybody. Uh, Don't do it in any situation. You never know what's going to happen, at least if you're in Canada. Uh, One last one. I thought this was interesting, too. Uh, A worker had to ID two 11-year-olds who came into a liquor store and tried to buy beer. Uh, They tried to buy Bud Light, and they tried to buy the beer with a fake ID that said Rick and Morty. Uh, Rick and Morty is a – Rick and Morty is a cartoon show. Uh, So the guy's name was Rick and Morty, evidently like children, uh, not sure if they're children who've ever even had uh, beer before in the first place. So they're just trying to do that. Uh, The ID was obviously fake. Uh, The girl was actually sad, though, uh, when she put it up on social media, uh, saying she didn't want to ID the kids. She told her supervisor that it happened and she just kind of wanted the kids to to learn their lesson that they can't get fake or they can't get real beer uh, with a fake ID of Rick and Morty um and a bad picture and whatnot uh but they actually did wind up getting into I don't know how much trouble specifically I don't know uh but the the woman was complaining online and got millions of views and a whole lot of people uh disagreeing with her saying kids that would do something like that probably need uh, some level of punishment um and I I'm not sure what I think cuz 11th is very young um and actually I'll say this before I take a break I remember uh, what It must have been around that age, like 10, 11, 12, uh, that I got a birthday present from my aunt who uh, played tricks on me. Let's, let's say it that way. Uh, she would call me and tell me the Batmobile was going to show up for my birthday, and then I'd sit outside all day, and it didn't show up. And she thought that was funny. She's like, this is hilarious. Uh, so one year she showed up with a six-pack of beer and handed it to me and said it was my birthday gift, and I ran upstairs with it like I thought something crazy happened. It was non-alcoholic. I didn't know that. I got upstairs. I put it, like, down on my, my bed, and I remember looking at it being like, this is crazy. Why did my aunt just give me beer? This is cr- I've never had this uh, outside of when my uh, grandpa used to put his finger in a drink and put it in my mouth as a baby to put me to sleep. And uh, I, I remember, like, I opened one. I sipped it. I didn't like it, so I put it back. But I didn't want to tell anybody I didn't like it, so I still kept it. And it took, like, three days for someone to figure out that my aunt had given me uh, a non-alcoholic beer and pranked me yet again. And I was just saving it because I thought it made me an adult. Uh, but so I wonder if the kids were doing, uh, this more for that reason than actually the intent of drinking it. I don't know. Uh, cause it would change my opinion of if they need a, a more significant, uh, punishment. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. My wife, Betty, joins the show around this time every day for the most popular segment on the radio. Uh, go ahead and sit down, Betty. I didn't turn the microphone on yet. So you can still move it. Uh, it is Betty's word of the day. And then also sometimes, if you have a little extra time, I talk, I talk about some other stuff. How are you doing today, Betty?
4: Good, Craig. How are you? Happy Monday. Happy
0: Monday. <laughs> uh, I've heard it's been a stressful Monday for a lot of people. Stressful Monday for you?
4: Yes. Uh, okay. Some people are still uh, on vacation, so I'm covering some oh, of yeah. my coworkers. You're doing extra
0: work, more people, more stuff. And yeah. so that ends tomorrow?
4: Uh, yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Uh, you probably don't like it when you have to cover on a Monday. And yeah, I like just a feel Friday. like
4: it is Friday. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, all but right. that's alright. Yeah, there you go. And I'm sure you're doing a great job. Um, so first thing I want to talk to you about, and I just showed you the video off the air literally just now as we're getting into this segment. I uh, was the guy that walked into a nail salon in Atlanta with a bag, and then his hand was inside the bag, and he was acting as though there was a gun inside the bag. I don't know if there was or not. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but they all just ignored him inside this nail salon in Atlanta. I don't know if um, language was a barrier, but he was yelling, give me your money, give me your money. And everybody was just not paying attention to him. And one woman actually stood up and kind of put her hands up but then tried to just slowly walk out the door. Yeah. And eventually the guy just left. He just turned around and, and walked away. He's like, all right, nobody's uh, accepting this robbery. I guess I'll just go live my life. I don't know what else he did. I don't know if he got caught. But it's been all over the news uh, since this weekend. Um, because it was crazy that nobody did anything.
4: I saw that on, on t- TikTok, I think. Okay. Yesterday. Yeah, it was pretty funny because you cannot see the gun at all.
0: Do you think it was language? Was the barrier? Or do you think the people just didn't care about the guy? They just didn't think well, he was scary? Well, It was
4: like he was hiding a gone on the, kind of like a black bag. Yeah,
0: so, that's what it looked like.
4: So, uh, the 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 women there seem pretty busy, so they didn't even care. They and, seem tough. And and the, sometimes in all salons you can uh, tell, like when it, when the when the women who are working, they are just working and they are just super focused. So they don't care about yep. anything else. Yep. So probably that's what happened.
0: Well, and sometimes we've been uh, to some nail salons. I've paid for manicures and pedicures for you, and I don't want to admit it on the radio, but maybe sometimes I've sat next to you. Maybe sometimes, you know, somebody's given uh, Craig a little um, cut of the nail. I don't get anything painted on my nails, but maybe, <laughs> maybe sometimes I, I put them in the little bath, the little foot bath. Yes. I, it's not so. I'm getting judged very bad by people right now. It's not so bad. It's kind of fun. The pedicure is not so bad if you're a dude and you go with a lady and they want you to stay and not just drop them off and come back. Uh, pedicure is way better than <laughs> manicure. In my opinion, yes. you just sit there, they wash yes. your feet, they clip your nails, and then you pay way too much money for half the work. Because yeah. then I just sit there and I'm done because I don't want more stuff. Well, you um, love the chair stuff. I do love the Yeah, the massage chair. Yeah. I do love that too. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I admit it a lot during this segment. <laughs> um, but no, I will say that sometimes I do notice that it seems that language isn't something everybody has a lot of. Uh, yeah. Some of those salons, even around town, it feels like there's a barrier. So I, I, when I watched that video, I was wondering if everybody understood what he was saying. And what he wanted, although physically you should be able to understand it, and everybody did not seem intimidated, which made it hilarious. Um, what would you do in that moment if you were in that store and you saw that happen?
4: Well, I probably would do the same because I didn't see a gun. If I would have see the gun, I would, like, jump and try yeah, to, like, uh, sure. hide or, like, I don't know, I'd try to attack the guy. Who knows?
0: So Mexico would come out of Betty a yes, little bit. Okay, yes. I got you. That's just fine. That's awesome. Another story uh, that I wanted to throw at you real quick before we do the word of the day. Uh, used cars are going down in price. Uh, they are saying that inventory is finally me- uh, uh, meeting up with demand. So used, ca- yeah. <laughs> so used cars are dropping. Uh, one of the biggest arguments I've had with you about getting rid of the 96 Jeep uh, that seems somewhat roadworthy, mostly yeah. roadworthy, yeah. has been the cost of used vehicles. They're crazy. They're too yes. expensive. But now they're going down. Yeah. And so <laughs> – Yep, Craig, yes, uh-huh. yes. You want me to drive a safer car?
4: A safer, yes. Okay. Yeah, and not just because of you, because people on the road, like, yeah. literally, like, you really don't want to, like, I care about you, Craig. Mm-hmm. Think about others. You I, know what well, I, mean?
0: I think the car is I mean, I mean, let's, let's not go too far. That was intense. I think the car is safe. I, I wouldn't drive well, it if I thought it would hurt anybody. Well,
4: yes, I know, yeah. but uh i remember one i've of had those, it
0: checked by people okay go ahead that's true that's true well
4: yeah. one of those mechanics in chicago like i don't know three or three years ago or more more or four, See, it had to no, be more yes, like more. five years ago yeah he literally told you like oh uh there is like a lot of Rose,
0: uh, uh-huh, a lot problems of problems on the but, bottom but what did he say he said the engine was great. Yes. He said the heart of this car is amazing.
4: Yes. He said some
0: rust issues, the, sure. But the
4: rust <laughs> issues on there, under the car, uh, those are the ones that scare me. I feel like it's going a be great vehicle. sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's a unibody vehicle. Um, do you know what that means?
4: No. Couldn't. It means
0: that the frame is all one giant frame, and so losing a little piece of it isn't as bad as a car that's so not you, a unibody So you have frame. like
4: two holes like <laughs> under the car. It doesn't matter. Holes.
0: Yeah, right. They're just a couple holes I can live with. So
4: as long as the spine of the car is good yeah. to go. as you long can as the keep...
0: majority of the spine is good, you're fine. That's okay. what I understand. So, yeah.
4: yeah. So maybe next time that I ride on, mm-hmm. on, on Grandpa and Grandpa, on you talk, yeah. I would do the idea that Greg button in the morning
0: Big I nice like Used mm-hmm. to
4: ride with a big giant stick across yep. to one mm-hmm. window to the back window, front yep. window, back window, just in and case uh, you just lose the case. seat. Yeah. Yes, yes. You in don't case sit it. in the
0: front anymore though. That's the seat that's a little tricky. You that's sit true. in the back now.
4: now I, I look like i And you spread I, your arms in the back, <laughs> and you tell me where to
0: go when you yeah. ride in my car. Yeah, like you I'm, act like I'm an like, Uber. Like,
4: yes. Like an Uber or a Lyft yeah, or whatever. You have a
0: lot of fun with that, it seems like, when you do that. Oh, um, it's a,
4: it is a phone car. I I, see, I cannot it, deny see, that, but right. it, it has a lot of issues.
0: And a lot of character. Yes. A lot of personality. Yes. And it's it's part of it. You want to tell people real quick why you call it grandpa?
4: Oh, it has, like, so many some issues. Some issues. It's got some I health mean, issues. I mean, don't want to be no, really No. no yeah, yeah, mean, right, but, yeah. no. but uh, I mean, as, even, even me, like, I'm going to turn 44 and my back court sometimes like crazy, like yeah. I'm like, mm. uh, like even my spine sometimes cracks when I stand up or like right. little things. Yeah. like
0: little thing. and, Yeah, you don't mean it as big, serious things, otherwise yes. you would tell me not to drive the car. You mean yes. it's just little stuff, yeah. uh, like it sometimes doesn't know how many miles it has, so it's yes. a little forgetful.
4: Yeah, right. and then we are like, okay, are we going to make it? Maybe we are not going to make <laughs> no, it. You no,
0: know, we don't. Know. Sometimes it goes to sleep halfway through a drive and yes. it doesn't... Yeah, yes, yes. Right, I, I remember
4: yeah. one of those days we were <laughs> going somewhere <laughs> oh, and suddenly... It, it just stopped. turned off. It just yeah. stops, and right. we were, like, in the middle of the road. We were at and a stoplight. Were like, Exactly. And then
0: I pushed us. Who got out? And pushed us all the way out of the corner, all yeah. alone. I've done yeah. that multiple times. Yeah, multiple
4: times, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And I help you sometimes, because I had to push... Also well, too, you like, don't
0: usually push. You help I, me with turn the wheel.
4: Yeah, with, yeah. with the wheel. You stay in yeah. the wheel position, yeah.
0: and I do the push. And along. there yeah. were a couple
4: of people in the past who actually helped us. There too. was
0: very nice people. Yeah,
4: yes. Yeah, very nice. Other times,
0: there's people who just look at us. They yes. Do, so
4: probably they're, they're going to eventually yeah. see, Oh, it's the same car. I'm not going to help my, you anymore. My <laughs> my
0: favorite thing about the like when I have an issue with that car, and I haven't had one in a, in a while now because I, I changed some of the O2 sensors myself, and I think that actually fixed the vehicle a little bit. Um, but uh, one of the things that's my favorite is whenever I'm in a car and somebody else has something going on, I stare at them. I do what they do to me. If it looks like I can help, I'll pull over and help. You'll pull over and help. Yeah. But I don't like it when I'm the other guy. And I see the people stare at me. They, like, look yes, at me like I'm yes. at the zoo, yeah. and I'm the animal in the cage, and they are the people walking by. Or oh, there are like, people oh. they
4: are actually get upset because you're in the middle of the road. Yeah, they beep they, at me.
0: Yes. Well, yes. I'm trying to push my um, very, very heavy yeah. vehicle uphill to get it off to the side of the road. <laughs> yes. There are people that beep at me. Yeah. In this community, people, I beg you of one thing. If you see this guy pushing a 96 Jeep, don't beep. You you don't need to beep. (laughs) If you want to roll down your window and tell me I'm a moron for still driving the car, that's fine. But I don't need to beep, please. Uh, Do you have the word of the day?
4: Yes, uh, I do have one. Okay. Uh, Maybe.
0: Are you thinking of it right now? No, no, no. you wrote down. Okay. I I, actually,
4: yes, I have a little tiny paper. You're pulling the paper
0: out of your purse? Yes.
4: I got it. Yes, um, because I was like thinking about it. I. Mm -hmm. Time goes so fast, Craig, at the end of my day that yes, I was like, I, I, I need to do something.
0: <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Remember, people ask you to give me harder words.
4: I know, Craig, but if I give you harder words, you're not going to make it. We have, like on, a-
0: have faith in me, Pollo. Come on, have faith in me, Betty. Give me a harder one. If that one's too easy on the thing, make up another one right now. Oh, right now? Yeah, come up with any harder word. Yeah, I oh, know you got well. some fancy Spanish in you.
4: Uh, totihuacan?
0: Totihuacan. <laughs> they crushed it. No,
4: it. no, you didn't. Okay, cross go it.
0: again. Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. <laughs> Teotihuacan. 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 No, we can't keep doing it. We can't do it all day. Yeah. No, what does you, it mean? What does it mean?
4: It's Teotihuacan, uh, where all it's the pyramids are in uh, yeah, that's Mexico what I City. Yeah. It's
0: okay. That's. I've been there.
4: All the Mayas are.
0: You took me there, didn't you? No, Isn't that you, the one?
4: Haven't, oh. you haven't Which one there. did I go
0: to? You took me to one. You
4: went to Tamtok. Tamtok.
0: See, yes. that's much easier to say. Way easier. We can say Tamtok.
4: Tamtok is like a, yeah. Yeah, a Aztec, Hispanic city. Aztec people
0: town. made pyramids there. Yes. And we walked around, and you showed me. You used to work uh, for a thing that was there at Tamtok. Yeah. And then I have not been to Totiaquan. <laughs> <laughs> why are you laugh so much, Patty. And next time we go to Mexico. You can
4: can say it, Craig. Try it again. Focus. Focus. Okay,
0: focus. Next time we go to Mexico, we're going to take a trip. We're going to check out some of the beaches. Cancun (laughs) is going to be lovely. And then on the way back from Cancun, we're going to make a little stop at (laughs) Totiacuan. And then we're just going to have a nice little time there.
4: No, Craig. All right, give me one more
0: time. Doti Totiwakwan. <laughs> All right. I've nailed it. I'm perfect. Don't stop texting me, listeners. Uh, quick break. A lot more. Thank you, Betty, as always. No, keep texting me, listeners. It's fine. I can take it. Uh, 309-340-4464 is the number to text. Uh, quick break. A lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3. WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3. WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, the... MLB All-Star Game is happening this week. It's uh, happening tomorrow, actually. Uh, I'm very excited about that. I enjoy the All-Star Game, even though it's uh, different than it used to be as a kid. I remember when, in the Home Run Derby, you'd have Ken Griffey Jr. going up against somebody, and that was uh, fun, even though Griffey uh, said he'd never play for the Yankees. He actually hated him uh, because of how they treated his dad. That's a whole other thing. I won't get into that uh, too much. Uh, but I do think that's something that's diminished the world of the All-Star game, or at least the events surrounding the All-Star game, uh, that typically the best of the best I uh, don't participate in that stuff. And maybe the home run derby is the only somewhat exception to the rule still, uh, but Shohei Otani's not going to do it, and that's sad for me. Um, uh, there are times when Aaron Judge doesn't want to do it, Uh, and I think had skipped it in the past because he said it affected his swing, which I understand, but it's not as much fun. If the best of the best aren't doing it, it's like the dunk contest uh, in the NBA. Uh, When it was Dominique Wilkins versus Michael Jordan, that was must-watch. Now it's not must-watch anymore, even though you brought up a D-League player uh, for the last dunk contest, who's an incredible dunker, and that guy won the whole thing. And that was – I did watch that. I watched it after the fact on the Internet, but that's sort of cheating, essentially. Like, he's not even really an NBA player. I mean, he is, but he's not. He's not actively on a team, or at least he wasn't last year. Uh, the reason I bring this up, though, is the uh, most ridiculous food items at the MLB All-Star Game in Seattle have gone viral. Uh, they include just a bucket of pretzels, and I guess there's some other stuff thrown on top of the pretzels uh like dried fish, seaweed, uh sesame salt, pepper, etc. uh but this is a very expensive uh bucket of pretzels. Uh there's other items. Northwestern Wild Alaskan uh salmon chowder is on the menu. Uh that's not how they would speak in Seattle when they do this. There's a blackberry mint mojito uh that's available for probably like a, a small loan of some kind. Uh crab pizza uh, apparently is going to be available. They have just straight up ice cream. Uh they say it's some fancy local brewer. Uh, that's making the ice cream, but you're probably not going to want to buy that at the game. Uh, and then even more things. The footlong, a crab roll, kind of a hot dog. Definitely not a hot dog. All-star stromboli is on this list. Uh, stromboli, I should say that right, is an Italian. And then the all-star uh, triplet sandwich, uh, which is a whole bunch of different things. a uh, Brisket, pulled pork, ham, all that. Uh, this is terrible. <laughs> I love that I went through all the end of that. It genuinely made me laugh that hard and then said it's terrible. You don't need any stuff, any of this stuff, man. At the at the game, you don't need it. Don't don't wait in line and get these things. Um, this is my advice to anybody who goes to any baseball game anytime in the near future. Here's what you do: you show up at the ballpark, you get there early enough to try to see some people warming up in the field, and then at some point before the game starts, you get a dog and a beer, or a dog and a, and a soda if that's the road you want to go. A hot dog, a foot long variety's fine with me, and then a beer. And if you want, you do like one other visit or you wait for somebody to come up to you in the stands and offer you that stuff. I don't want to have a brisket pulled pork ham sandwich at a baseball game. That's not the point, people. We don't need the fancy food items and they're ridiculously expensive anyway. So just go with the basic stuff. Uh, My wife loves when we go to Yankee games in New York because we don't buy it. Uh, but they cheer for anyone that gets the chicken bucket or the chicken basket. Uh, fans literally cheer a chicken bucket. And Betty thinks it's hilarious. It's her favorite thing. Uh, but I'm glad she's never bought it because I don't want to pay that price in New York, Yankee Stadium, uh, anytime we go. Although I will say that it felt like the Cardinals were slightly more affordable. I don't know how much more affordable. And I'm sure Mark Strauss will tell me tomorrow, insanely more affordable. Uh, but it felt like the food was a little bit uh, better. Uh, actually, even in Chicago. I think it's at uh, Wrigley Field. I don't think it's the White Sox. They got the Hot Doug guy. And if you don't know anything about this guy, Hot Doug is the guy is a name of a, a dude named Doug uh, who ran a hot dog stand in Chicago for years that was so popular people would line up very, very early on in the day, hours before he'd open, to get hot dogs every single day. He closed his business and he was retired, and then the Cubs uh, got him out of retirement, and he only serves Hot Doug hot dogs uh, with duck fat fries uh, during the baseball game. I will tell you this, and I shouldn't say this, but it's not Chicago. No one cares. Uh, probably here, hot dogs isn't that great. It's it's okay. It's fine. It's a hot dog. Uh, the duck fat fries overrated, in my opinion. Don't come after me, hot dog. Um, it's it's not worth the amount of time you put in uh, to get that sort of thing. A uh, Nathan's hot dog is is okay with Joey Chestnut. It's okay with me. But I love that this went viral, and I love that people are going to pay ridiculous. And I'm not. Do whatever you want with your money. I just think the actual. A fancy food item at the baseball game is a little uh, wrong in the world of baseball. Not in the world that you spend the extra money. I just I don't want a full pizza. I don't want a full pizza at a movie. They've been doing that at movies now, where you can buy an entire pizza and then go sit in the movie theater with the full pizza in your in your uh, lap, and that that seems wrong on a couple levels.
1: It's time for the top five at five on the Craig Collins show.
0: That's right. Five times, uh, that means I go through some of the uh, biggest stories of the day. According to May, I get to make all these decisions. So these are the five biggest stories. Uh, let's start. Number one, uh, the president and King Charles III are discussing all different kinds of things, according to USA Today and other places. Uh, English tea between the king and the U.S. president uh, discussing uh, royal pageantry and how it was on display, a climate change was a focal point of their conversation, uh, according to USA Today. Uh, China took center stage in those talks, apparently, as far as what they think needs to be done. Uh, Why did uh, Biden miss the king's coronation was a question that might have gotten asked and and bounced around a little bit there, uh, too. And then finally, uh, some uh, other, um, well, I don't know if they're all that important things. Uh, Charles III's uh, many visits with the president uh, were probably uh, gone over as they just reminisced about those things. So very important uh, landmark stuff uh, talked about. Uh, I do think it's interesting in the world of climate change specifically, just real quick, uh, that in order for anyone to have impact on the amount of emissions uh, that exist in the world, and actually uh, Ron DeSantis even talked about this a little bit, um on uh, fox business i think over the weekend you got to get other people to, to play ball you got to get other people involved if the united states does it alone or if the united states and a few of the countries in the uh paris uh, climate accord uh do stuff but others don't and by the way the latest stat from last year is only one uh, country has lived up to its promise in the paris climate accord so well done us uh but if that uh doesn't happen uh, then essentially anyone who believes uh, that climate change is impacted by uh, changes in the way that we uh, utilize fossil fuels and whatnot uh, will also uh, have to admit that we are impacting nothing. We're making no great change because the the countries that are uh, putting out the most would just ramp up more if uh, given opportunities uh, to provide for others in the world of oil and gas. And, yes, um, uh, gas, natural gas, gas can be frozen and exported places, uh, we do it. Uh, we do it a lot. Uh, liquid uh, gas uh, gets moved around. And so um, I, I just think all you would see is the countries that are already uh, providing. And I'm not even trying to dive too deep into the world of this conversation. And I'm sure people have opinions as how uh, real or, or fake um, climate change is and how uh, governments use it uh, to their own benefit, et cetera. Uh, but I do think it's interesting that that's a focal point. You bring up places like China – Because the conversation would probably go, hey, what are we going to do about about them getting involved? Well, I don't know. They don't want to do anything. All right. Good talk. This seems great. Uh, Here's what uh, DeSantis said about climate change when he was asked about how Biden has been handling it in office. Again, this is on Fox Business. Do you have a climate plan?
1: It's going to be to rip up Joe Biden's Green New Deal. I think at the end of the day, we need to embrace American domestic energy. Uh, this could be a huge source of national security, economic vitality. It can build our industrial base. In Florida, we've actually had a huge reduction um, in emissions, but it was what? done through innovation. It was done through market forces, not command and control. Uh, so we'll go
0: about that. You know, it's actually true. I looked that up just out of curiosity. Did Florida have a net loss in emissions? And the answer is yes. And they did it the way where you don't tell people, uh, what they are supposed to do or not do, uh, you just create valuable things uh, that make the other options good uh, and not necessarily, again, something you do by force. Because even with any sort of – because I love uh, what I assume some people just thought of if you listen to the radio. I love any sort of incentive. Uh, to say buy solar panels or buy a electric vehicle because uh, it's not coming close to the amount of money someone would need for that to be a, a cost-effective option early on in your life. And even it takes years to see the benefit of any of that stuff, uh, but the government has tried as hard as they humanly can uh, right now to convince you uh, through rebates and whatnot uh, that that's the better road to go. Americans not really doing it because it's not the better road to go. But, again, I I think that's pretty interesting as something that they would discuss uh, during uh, Biden's visit. Uh, Some other things out there, uh, talking about Ron DeSantis, Uh, just quickly, um, polls are not good for Ron DeSantis. He was even asked on Fox, a different show, uh, Maria uh, Bartiromo asked him this, what's going on? Why is the campaign failing to launch? He has a 20 percent – he's he's losing by 20 percent and recent polls in Florida to former President Trump. That's a bad look if you're losing by 20% in your home state that you just won convincingly as governor. Um, I don't know if he actually has, DeSantis, harmed his ability to be a successful politician in Florida, but he's, he's not doing well. On the national stage, here's how he responded to what's going on. on. A great job pushing back against
2: woke. We know that. But I'm wondering what's going on with your campaign. There was a lot of optimism about you running for president earlier in the year. But here's this weekend's headline from the Politico playbook. Failure to launch Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' campaign <laughs> to topple Donald Trump has stalled. We are way behind, says a top DeSantis PAC official, sounding the alarm. What happened?
0: (laughs) Oh, Maria, these are narratives. The media does not want me to be the nominee. I think that's very, very clear. Why? Because they know I'll beat Biden. But even more importantly, they know I will actually deliver on all these things. Here, I'll stop it right there. I've heard a lot of people say that they're upset with uh, DeSantis for blaming the media, uh, that you want him to take a different road than the road that the former president takes in any of those situations where he usually says something uh, to similar effect. And I do actually agree with DeSantis at times. Uh, Media seems more afraid of him uh, than afraid of Trump, maybe because they believe uh, that Biden would beat Trump. I'm not convinced about that because people who voted anti-Trump before uh, now have a reason to not just – Completely vote for. I'm not saying that a whole lot of people switch from one team to the other, uh, but there were way less reasons, at least for those who didn't pay attention a lot uh, to Biden as a senator, and as a vice president. That barely counts. Uh, but there are way, way more reasons to doubt the the effectiveness of a Biden second term. And so there may be people that even just go off book and go with none of the above and vote some other uh, politician, uh, throw some uh, support that way, and then you never know uh, who wins an election, Trump, uh, Biden, DeSantis, Biden, whoever it might be. Uh, But it's definitely true. When you have a 20% deficit in your own home state right now in recent pollings, DeSantis is not doing well. Uh, Another thing I wanted to play, I think this is interesting, uh, it's not intent to be, but it's turning into a mostly DeSantis uh, top five at five. But This is the last one, I promise. Uh, This is about Casey DeSantis, his wife. MSNBC took great joy, it seemed, in making fun of Casey DeSantis. Uh, do uh, Republicans make fun of the spouses of uh, Democrats? Of course they do. I'm not pretending that this is uniformly uh, one side of the aisle. Uh, it's something that happens a lot, especially if someone is an active um, uh, team member. Uh, but what I think is, is weird about it, is how short of a time frame it took for a lot of media to target Casey DeSantis, uh, someone that I think I've actually barely heard from. Uh, if she's um, the voice of a commercial or something like that, uh, she's not someone that's dominantly out there, uh, at least right now in a national stage. Uh, she's been uh, campaigning uh, individual for her husband on a, on a, uh, Florida stage before. So I guess if you're diving that deep, you might have seen her. But I, I don't know if Casey DeSantis has the national profile to be this much of a subject of ridicule, uh, by MSNBC and others. Uh, there's a hit piece, uh, in one of the, uh, left-leaning, um, um, You know, news organizations somewhat recently. And basically all it said was Casey DeSantis supports and loves her husband and Ron DeSantis supports and loves his wife and spends a lot of time with her and uh, cares about her opinion on stuff, which we would celebrate. And by we, I mean most of media. If that was a Democrat and a Democrat spouse, we would be thrilled. We, I think they are actually uh, those media outlets thrilled that Jill Biden has such a influence on on uh, President Biden. That's something you talk about utterly different. This is weird. Here's a little bit of this.
3: Yeah, uh, Jonathan, look, Casey DeSantis is a fairly compelling political figure in Florida and now nationally. For many, she's the brighter side to Florida's angry governor. For others, she's become America's Karen. And I think that's the ultimate disconnect here with a campaign that needs to embrace more constituencies to get to the White House.
1: <laughs> Tara, um, I think David's beaten you, you um, in terms of taking my breath away during this. America's Karen. David Jolly. Well, I ooh, called her
2: boy. I called her this, uh, you know, Serena Waterford wannabe needs to cut it out. We see you. So. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, see how fun it is for all three people to laugh and, and joke about somebody that's not even actually running her side. It's so weird. Uh, they're weird targets in the world of politics. Um, and I don't know uh, why this is something that happens so much, and I don't know why they actually—they, uh, uh, a lot of media—ridicule. Um, and I'm going to say this uniformly. I don't care if it sounds like I'm overly supporting uh, Democrats who've had this relationship. Uh, as someone who uh, very much likes my wife, I don't know why they're—they're they're so negative about influential spouses uh, in the world of politics, as if that in and of itself. Is a problem. I don't. I don't understand that as much as um, you know. It seems to be a thing, and it's definitely more the Republicans who get targeted. Michelle Obama, widely praised. Actually, uh, most people say she'd be a better candidate than Joe Biden to run for president. I even say that. I've said before that I'm sure Michelle Obama would get more support than the current president of the United States if she ran. And there's those who believe she she might, even though she says she won't. Uh, but it's just odd. All uh, right. That um, essentially it's the same thing. Um, support for the the person who's a politician, that's your spouse uh, saying that you agree with them. Actually, even Fox News here. You know, I thought I was down. Not I uh, will do this and we'll do another story before we take a break. Uh, Fox and friends defended Casey DeSantis, describing her quite differently. I'm sure those who thought the first explanation was right will think the second one is biased. And and maybe there is some overly kind things said here, but the discrepancy is amazing in and of itself. And remember um on other networks they were calling his wife Casey the Walmart Melania, which Thank I you. don't really think is um it's not that degrading. I, mean, it's sulfur, I, I love yeah. it's not I, right, <laughs> it's not an insult. I love I love Melania. I think she's beautiful, and I love Walmart. So, uh, yeah, just everyday people. I love the fact that that went into a Walmart thing for Ansley. She's like, yeah, I like Walmart. I like it, too. And there are a lot of everyday people in Walmart, and you can get some stuff at a really good deal. I imagine during even Amazon Prime Day, which is coming up later this week, Walmart might slash some prices on things. Here's a little more from Fox. News.
3: Uh, she looked the same way when she was doing local Jacksonville News. So if she looks like Jackie O., that's a compliment. It's not an effort. Number two is... Um, she's going to bat for moms and parents. Guilty, she should say guilty is charged. That's my message. I am just an education. That's her focus and she's unbelievably eloquent
0: behind the microphone. I mean, that part is true actually. Uh the part about her being unbelievably eloquent behind a microphone. As a professional broadcaster herself, uh she is quite good. Uh, probably better than uh Governor DeSantis at times in uh providing a message and uh communicating it uh in a way that has sort of, you know, uh, more impact. So I, I do think it's interesting, the fascination with the Casey DeSantis of the world. I guess I'll just ask you uh, that question, and I'll leave it at that. And then, as I said, I'm going to do one other topic and take a break. Um, would you vote for a politician solely based on their spouse? Um, because spouses matter. I'm not saying they don't in the world of a, a politician and running a campaign um, and, and how you kind of see yourself – Uh, Maybe as who's ever running and whoever uh, the spouse is, you you can uh, start to identify in your own life people. But but for news media to obsess about it the way that they seem to, uh, do you think that they're actually providing you relevant information for you to make a decision on who to vote for? Because you'd stand in there and you'd go, well, I like him. I don't know if I like her. And so that's the real reason I'm not going to it's a very odd position to take, uh, essentially, uh, for most media that also claims uh, to be, well, uh, very woke and and progressive and supportive of uh, people, of women specifically. It's a very odd way to be. Uh, anyway, one other quick one, and then I'll take a break. Uh, Hunter Biden has uh, continued to stay in the news. Uh, David Weiss, the U.S. attorney for the District of Delaware and the leading investigator in Hunter Biden's um, eventual Crap charges, as uh, what i call them, or very much a sweetheart deal charges. Continues to say uh, that he was allowed to do anything he wanted uh, in the uh, case itself to investigate Hunter Biden and his business dealings and his tax evasion and anything else that went on there. A whistleblower say that's not true. Uh, here's the thing. You're probably going to hear this version of the story where David C. Weiss is the guy saying everything was on the up and up in all the places that believe him. And in the places that don't believe uh, Gary Shapley, in the places that believe Gary Shapley, you're probably going to hear the opposite, that the whistleblower is uh, remaining, um, you know, uh, steadfast in his accusations, in the things he's saying occurred. And guess what? You don't actually know uh, which one's telling the truth and which one's lying. And both people uh, seem to have valuable careers uh, in the world of of uh, being in the positions they're in and uh, Gary Shapley working for the IRS and uh, David Weiss being appointed by Trump in a pretty resounding majority of people uh, in the world of those who said yes uh, to that nomination. Uh, so you you have an opinion. That's the part where you do decide who's lying and who's telling the truth. And I think the most powerful thing there, just quickly before I take a break to say it, is what Chris Christie said uh, over the weekend where he said as a prosecutor himself, if you spend five years investigating someone, come up with three charges, uh, two of which you're going to eventually give him about a slap on the wrist version of a penalty, if that, and one, a gun charge that you're going to let completely disappear through a court process, you did one of two things. You wasted five years. You did a terrible job of investigating something. I don't believe that. I don't think Christie believes that. Or two, you didn't investigate it correctly and you've missed a lot of stuff that should be reevaluated because that much time, uh, that little inevitable conclusion uh, can't possibly be a valuable use of that many years uh, for people in positions like that. And there there are several reports uh, from the whistleblower that says that uh, Weiss was denied an opportunity here, an opportunity there, opportunities all around to go ahead and look into investigations other places. I think there even is uh, – a. Um, uh, one um, uh, document from him uh, that says something to the effect of, you know what, in order to investigate or actually charge Hunter in places other than what I'm in charge of, you got to work with other um, attorneys, and if those U.S. attorneys don't want to do stuff, then you don't do stuff. I'm paraphrasing it, of course, the way he said it, but essentially saying I was blocked uh, by people who had um, uh, power in uh, places that I didn't, in states that I didn't, uh, that's something that, in his own words, I uh, grant somewhat cryptically, I think has been put out there. Quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Um, in just about seven, eight minutes, I'll do good story, bad story, I'll do it after the news. Uh, quickly, a couple things. Uh, first, I thought this was an interesting deep dive into how the Supreme Court ruled uh, this year. Uh, If you actually look at the totality of cases, uh, there were only five instances where the court voted 6-3 with the six um, conservative justices all agreeing and the three uh, liberal justices disagreeing. Uh, That only happened five times. Uh, Last term for the Supreme Court, it happened 14 times. So way, way down in the world of decisions made that feel – as though they were they were controlled solely by the political party. And even though there are a couple justices that are on the very top of the list as far as uh, ruling every single time uh, in their favor, meaning uh, the way they voted is the way that inevitably uh, the Supreme Court ruled, uh, number four on the list for justices who got uh, most of their decisions uh, to be um, a yes instead of a no uh, was uh, Justice Jackson, who is a justice that has criticized the Supreme Court in one of her dissents uh, saying that it's now a broken Uh, More or less, I'm paraphrasing, a broken body of government that needs to be uh, fixed because it's uh, politically uh, aligned and not necessarily doing its job. And yet 84 percent of the time, the things that Justice Jackson thought were correct wound up being the way the Supreme Court ruled. That is higher than Neil Gorsuch. That is higher than uh, Justice Alito. uh, That is higher than several conservative justices. Clarence Thomas, the worst, by the way, 76 percent. Uh, win rate uh, in the world of Justice Thomas. So again, she was way above uh, several other members, not as high as uh, Brett Kavanaugh or uh, Justice Roberts or Justice Barrett. They all uh, did better, but it's weird to say that a a political body is broken, and then also you're winning more often than others. Uh, One other quick thing uh, just out there to touch on, and then we'll uh, take a break and talk more about it in a little bit. I do think it's interesting that politicians might be going after Logan Paul and KSI, Uh, They are the guys behind Prime, a drink, and then actually also an energy drink. Uh, Prime Energy apparently has so much caffeine in it that it's being name-dropped by politicians that want to take it off the market because kids like it, because kids like Logan Paul. Uh, But there are two Prime drinks, I've been told, one with no caffeine and one with a a boatload of caffeine. So don't get the Prime Energy. Your kid can still get whatever Logan Paul endorses in the non-caffeine variety. All right. Team 70, 100.3 WMBD, Craig Collins Show. Good story, bad story. Let's do those. Uh, one of these makes you feel good about the world we live in. And then the other one, well, it does other stuff uh, to you. I love this good story. A 19-year-old kid in Los Angeles named Caleb was driving home when he was watching fireworks on the 4th of July, and he saw somebody's garage was on fire. He pulled over to the side of the road and he ran to the house. He's like, hey! Garage, fire, you guys get out. He helped people out of the house. I think they had pets too that he helped out, some dogs. Uh, Then he went back to work because Caleb wasn't done yet. Uh, He wanted to make sure that he could do everything he could to protect uh, their vehicles. So he helped them move their cars out of the garage. Uh, Then he grabbed a hose and started spraying the garage so the flames would not spread to the home as the family waited for firefighters to arrive and actually put out the fire and then he just bounced. Then Caleb just left uh, the 19-year-old kid. It was his mom uh, who found out what he did and took him back to the house the next day to be like, this is my son. He helped you guys. Um, he's, I don't know, doing whatever he's doing about it. Uh, so we just wanted you to meet him. Because uh, it was already on the news that like some uh, 19-year-old uh, showed up and disappeared into the night like a superhero. Uh, but eventually even a GoFundMe was created that has both helped the uh, family pay for the damages. And I think they're even raising some money to help uh, Caleb pay for college. So a lot of cool things happening in that world. And uh, the kid just decided to do it because he saw it seemed like it needed to be done. That's a good story. Life is good. Uh, people treat each other great. Uh, kid pulls over to the side of the road, puts out a full fire. Now let's do bad story. And the bad story is in the world of politics. It's from uh, the Michigan uh, GOP state committee gathering, uh, apparently, that happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, yes, I know it's it's uh, GOP, but I, I don't care. This story is too funny uh, to be a story I wouldn't talk about uh, for any reason whatsoever. And honestly, I talk about it anyway. I don't care, but it, it's great uh, in this world. So two state politicians um, got in an argument, I guess. Uh, one guy's name is Mark. You don't care about the rest because we don't live in Michigan. Uh, the other guy um, is named uh, Chapman. I've lost his first name in front of me at the moment, so we're just going to go with very ominously uh, his last name, James. His first name is James, James Chapman. Uh, Anyway, one guy is on a committee, the other guy is not. Uh, The guy that's not wants in on this committee real bad, so he showed up at where they were uh, for their committee meeting, and he was trying to get into the door, he was slamming on it, he was yelling, and so then fight ensued. And the fight sounds full uh, WWE. Uh, style, which is crazy to me. A chair was used at one point, I think. Uh, one of the two guys is okay, but he did wind up going to the hospital. Uh, they flipped each other off. Uh, somebody got kicked in a place you should not kick another man, at least as far as the the accusations go. And here's my favorite part, too, of this story. The politicians don't agree on what happened. Uh, witnesses say they just got in a brawl, uh, but both are accusing the other of being someone who did more of the bad stuff, like the kicking in the place you're not supposed to kick somebody. So there's going to be an argument about that. And then beyond it all, too, uh, the guy who actually went to the hospital wound up saying it's my favorite quote in the Detroit News uh, when they reported on this. We're so divided. I wish we could just come together after he fought another dude at a, a political event for the state. <laughs> That's my favorite thing I've read. Uh, that would be um, um uh, DeYoung is the name of the politician who said that again. And now we've lost Mark DeYoung. I lost his first name for a second there. I love it. I love every part about that. I love that it was cage match style. I love that everybody's OK. That's important. And I'm pretty sure that I would love to report on uh politician fighting politician other places in the world, because it just seems like the next inevitable step. And as long as you're OK after, I don't know. And even the way in which they were sort of uh, egging each other on uh, with the middle finger and whatnot beforehand, it almost sounds like what's going on with, although not exactly, uh, with Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, because things are getting more intense if you're paying attention. And I can't say some of the things uh, that Elon said on Twitter about Mark. I'm not sure exactly if Mark used the same saucy language on, um, on threads on his social media platform, because uh, I'm not on it as much as on Twitter right now. Even though there's a hundred million people on it, apparently, at least according to the news, it doesn't feel like it's as many people as Twitter yet. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'll keep looking. But anyway, they're, they're likely to fight each other. I think they agreed to a fight. Now they're saying all kinds of stuff. Uh, this also feels very WWE or WWF or whatever. Uh, I, I don't watch anymore, but I watched some as a kid uh, where you're like just saying anything, any crazy thing you can. Or maybe even boxing uh, back in his heyday uh, when people used to just say ridiculous stuff and then get in the ring and beat the crap out of each other. Uh, at this point, with what they've said uh, about each other, I expect Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg to show up with weapons that are on fire. Uh, for their cage match fight against each other, because there's got to be no other way. I mean, I I expect brass knuckles. I expect all kinds of stuff. And I feel like one man uh, gets out of that thing. Uh, The other guy is definitely going to be in a lot of trouble. Uh, Not that I'm saying I want to see that, uh, but some of us might want to see a real fight and not a fake fight. And it feels like they're angry enough at each other to real fight. Uh, But Meta did score higher stock prices, uh, according to a couple places, uh, because of the amount of users who signed up in five days uh, to Threads, it's about 100 million. Uh, I've talked about how easy it is to sign up for Threads if you have an Instagram and how it just kind of creates your whole profile for you. So will all of those people be active users? Uh, we will see. Uh, will that benefit Threads? Will it hurt Twitter? We will also see. Do I care that much? Probably not uh, care that much. And then finally, is there going to be a lawsuit, which it sounds like there will be, that actually has some sort of impact? I don't know. Uh, but that's another story out there in the world uh, that I thought was at least interesting and likely to at some point be a bad story uh, where two um, tech guys uh, beat the crap out of each other in some sort of live pay-per-view event after saying some really intense things uh, about each other. Uh, one other quick thing. I'll just throw this out there. It kind of feels like a bad story, too, and then we'll take a break. Uh, McDonald's customer, I think, in Australia complained that she had a bit of a plastic love. Uh, put into her breakfast sandwich, and they're not doing that. It's not a feature of McDonald's right now. It was a mistake. She said she immediately turned around and went into the restaurant and said, this is uh, not supposed to be in here. And there's a photo of it where you can see some of the, like, uh, very uh, green or blue-looking color of what would be a disposable glove uh, sticking out of the sandwich. Uh, She said she ate some of it as well, and then she didn't have any conversations about if it traveled and, and got out the other side, uh, but she'd like information about that medical and whatnot. Uh, but she's also likely to sue and likely to uh, go after McDonald's in Australia uh, for serving her this meal. My favorite part is that the McDonald's in Australia said they gotta look into it. We gotta investigate. We don't know. It could be. It could not be. You could have put that in there yourself and then eaten it. It looks like it's in the bread, by the way. It doesn't look like it's put, you know, between the layers of a breakfast sandwich, the sausage, the egg, the cheese. The things, you know, that are at McDonald's, it actually looks like it's within uh, the the biscuit part of the bread, which makes me think way more likely that she didn't do this herself. Uh, but she went to the store and complained they didn't care. She went to corporate and complained, she said, and they didn't care. At least that's her complaint. And now they're they're d- looking into it. They're doing a deep dive to see if they can figure out anything about it. Uh, they're getting the same team that investigated Hunter Biden. So it's going to f- take five years, and they're going to know less than when they started, I imagine. A uh, quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I want to just do the thing I started the show with to end the show And then we'll move on to lighter stuff uh, after that. Uh, But the Jake Tapper interview on the podcast is still something I I love. I love I can't help it. I can't help loving it, people. Sorry. Uh, Jake Tapper was asked a question uh, by someone that I would say is uh, pretty uh, significantly left leading in Kara Swisher uh, about why CNN uh, put Trump on. As far as the town hall goes. And Kara says she agrees uh, with CNN's willingness to interview uh, Trump in the town hall setting. But then she demonstrates she doesn't totally agree or she wishes some things had been different. Uh, namely, the makeup of the audience could be changed to not be so uh, pro Trumpy is what she said. But I love the way that uh, Jake uh, handled this, even though a lot of the rest of the interview, of course, he did the stereotypical Uh, bashing stuff of the former president uh, that someone who's definitely not a supporter of his would do. Uh, But again, uh, there's something about this that is so great because all the people who were so upset that CNN would interview Trump in the town hall style, uh, not challenge him maybe as much as they thought uh, they should or simply allow people that support him to be sitting in the audience in the first place or at least uh, claim to be independents who who are not sure but lean uh, toward supporting Trump, I, I love the fact that Jay goes, we do that for everybody.
1: Truly, with all due respect, what are you offended by, the airing of it <laughs> or the existence of it? I'm not talking to you, but the people out there who are offended by it. What, is, it is it the airing of it or the existence of those people? Hmm. Not the existence of those people, but I wouldn't have stacked it with anybody. And I do think, uh, you know, even Tim Alberta's piece, which I'll bring up in a second, the Atlantic piece, repeatedly makes the point that Chris Lick, who was your former boss, quoted, Trumpy. quoted as extra Trumpy. Oh, I don't terrible. think they should be stacked at all with people. I supporters. don't think they yeah, I don't think they, I don't, I don't, I saw well, that quote in the Alberta piece. Chris Sununu
0: said they were. I mean, lots of people said it was pretty so Trumpy. They first start to argue as to whether or not it's stacked and, and Jake trying to go the road of, I don't think it was stacked, but then he said this.
1: The audience was picked in the same way the audience was picked for all of our other town halls mm-hmm. going back years and years. And I will say, having done the Nikki Haley town hall, which, uh, was a few weeks later, uh, again, it was Iowa Republicans and Republican leaning independents. And Nikki Haley, who's from South Carolina, um, got a polite applause. And then throughout the night, people liked her. They listened to her. And she got a lot of applause at the end. Mm-hmm. Now, she's not there <laughs> saying or doing the same things. But people could have said, oh, we stacked it with Nikki Haley supporters. We didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's a Republican
1: mm-hmm. and Republican-leaning crowd. And she is who she is. Donald Trump is incredibly popular with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all the happening, and here I want to play one little last piece of it. But regardless of what Chris Danunu or Chris Lick said, my understanding is it was picked the same right. way as any other yeah. one. And I'm not sure I look, that's the uh, best way to...
0: Sack an audience in general, but that's just me.
1: But then you're saying we should have done something different for Donald Trump that we didn't do for the other Republicans. Which
0: is what you do all the time, uh, which is what a lot of uh, media does all the time. So, yes, uh, the fact that a guy had to be in charge of CNN uh, that is described at the beginning of this uh, part of the interview, this is uh, the dead middle of their one-hour conversation about Jake Tapper's new book. Uh, But the fact that you have to have a Trumpy guy uh, on top of CNN to do it the same way you do every other one, every Democratic uh, town hall, every single one, uh, is sort of hilarious in and of itself. And then to actually be the one to say it on the podcast, you want us to do it different? You want us to treat him different than everybody else? And the answer is yes, Uh, but it definitely seemed the host of the show did not expect that response, uh, that all the other town halls are stacked that way, because when you agree with something, you don't think it's bias. If you agree with something, you think it's normal, you think it's facts, you think it's whatever you want to call it, uh, you don't see any of the bias in it. So uh, someone out of New York uh, who has a left-leaning podcast, who watches town halls on CNN uh, with Democrats and sees everybody love them, that makes sense. But as soon as you see the people that love the former president, uh, cheer for him on CNN, you have like a knee-jerk brain reaction, uh, like a lot of people did. And I highlighted that part uh, when I played back um, the the audio from that um, uh, town hall on this show. And I said, it's evident that people support the former president. And if you think people don't, or if there's very few people off in the fringes uh, that like Trump, uh, then you essentially, I don't think, know a lot of people. And then and the other thing I believe to be true is that you also allow yourself to stay in your bubble, uh, all the time, and that's true on both sides. I'm not saying that's a uniquely uh, democratic thing. It's sort of a thing that exists in our world right now. although uh, more often than not, the people who are unafraid to offend somebody, uh, not I don't mean the politicians, I mean the humans, are more likely to be able to listen, not ri- not agree with, uh, but listen to an op- uh, opinion they oppose, uh, the people who refuse to hear the opinion or advocate for not even talking to the person who's the leading candidate on the other side of the aisle or advocate for any version of censorship on social media of the opinions they don't like, well, those individuals, I think, would be less likely to listen to something they disagree with or just pretend as though uh, the things that they believe are the mainstream. My my favorite thing ever, I'll say one last thing, and then I want to move on to sillier stuff. My favorite thing ever, it's a very millennial way to say this, in the world of our society right now is someone who dives into data and pulls out a, a small majority and says that obviously everybody thinks this way. When you say 53% as opposed to 47% uh, think something, uh, there are a lot of, of individuals, maybe the vocal ones, and not the vast majority of us actually, but the ones you hear from a lot, who seem to think that means consensus opinion. And it doesn't. It means 53% think something and 47% think the opposite. So if you're in a room uh, with two people uh, there is a tremendously good chance uh, that you are standing in the room with someone who thinks opposite you. And three people, it's basically a 100% chance unless, while well, you're in a city like Chicago or New York or California uh, where they make a vast majority of the TV shows uh, that tell us that they're uniform opinions and not more diverse uh, feelings and thoughts. And then they look down on the people who don't live in those cities. All right, uh, quick things, other things. I do like some of this stuff uh, that's different and out there. A Harvard professor has debunked the myth that you need eight hours of sleep. Uh, it's not like you can have any amount you want. He says every study, everything out there, uh, do with this information what you will. I can't validate it or verify it. uh, says that seven hours is better than eight. Uh, eight, nine, bad. Uh, six, five, all those bad. Seven is the sweet spot, and he doesn't know why uh, so many advocate for eight and not seven uh, because the data backs him up. Uh, that's what he's saying. His name is Dr. Daniel Lieberman, if you want to look it up. But he says eight hours myth. Seven hours, you're doing great things to your body. Uh, I saw this story. I like this. This was on TikTok. A smart dog impressed the internet by catching a fish by using bread as bait. A Labrador mix, uh, I guess, went viral because it's given some bread that the owner is pretty sure this dog is going to eat. But the dog's like, oh no, I got a better plan. And then it rolls up uh, next to, um, a piece of, of, uh, the it looks like a lake that they're on, and then puts the bread out, waits for the fish, and then grabs the fish. It was amazing. The dog the dog actually lunged for it, scooped it up in his mouth, and seemed thrilled uh, that his plan worked. So that was uh, fantastic. I don't know the name of the dog. It's not in the story, at least that I saw, because this just went viral on social media. Uh, but this is uh, being talked about as a genius dog, and I I agree. Uh, my dog Mancha would probably not do that. If you fed her bread, she would eat bread, and then anything else around you that's not actually edible. Uh, she might eat part of that stuff, too. Um, A couple other quick things. Tom Brady uh, may be dating Kim Kardashian, and I don't know how to think, uh what to think about that. But as a guy who's a Giants fan, spent a lot of time hating Tom Brady, I feel like dating Kim Kardashian might be a bit of a roller coaster, and I'm sort of amused that it's occurring. Uh, but no, who knows? Maybe they're in, in love, and it's going to be great, and everything's going to be wonderful. Uh, but there are rumors that that's a thing that's out there in the world, that those two are dating each other. Uh, They were reportedly super flirty at a recent event. Not the person I would have bet on as the next Tom Brady girlfriend, uh, Kim Kardashian, but I I guess I probably should have because, well, uh, Kim dates a lot of uh, famous guys. Uh, Anyway, other stuff out there, uh, just very quickly, rapid firing, some of the other fun stuff I found and should have got to more. Uh, Netflix dropped a trailer for a zombie apocalypse reality TV show. It's set in Korea, South Korea, uh, just like the uh, Squid Game was. Squid Game, very popular. A Netflix show, Uh, they're going to have contestants compete uh, against what are obviously actors pretending to be zombies, and uh, someone will survive and win a bunch of money for defeating the zombie apocalypse. I wish I could be a part of that show. I know it's already shot. I know it's coming out in August, but that's the thing I want to do, try to survive a zombie apocalypse and have it all over the television. Uh, It sounds amazing. And then one last one, uh, scientists have created a super banana. It's a real story. Uh, They try to get more vitamins into a super banana. Uh, This is because in parts of Africa and other Southeast Asian countries, uh, they uh, need uh, food that is uh, valuable and plentiful, uh, that has certain vitamins in it. Uh, But some of the governments in those places are unwilling to let them eat the super banana. Uh, And also there's more tests that need to be done. Uh, But I just like saying that scientists created a super banana even if part of it also scares me. So you're saying, Craig, that uh, some places don't find it appealing? <laughs> I knew it was coming. Thank I knew you, you. had something. That's yeah, fine. You'll just be here, here all to you. help. Yep. Yep, try the pasta. I don't know. Yep. I don't know if I'd eat the super banana, by the way. Yeah, I, I that feel like seems, I'd be reticent. Yeah. yeah. I, some man made foods are just,
2: just seem yeah. like they shouldn't be man made. They
0: shouldn't be.